electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people make friends. I'm just trying to save you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. The market melted down today because many investors now believe we're in, let's say, about to have an experience that is like the apocalypse, an Omicron apocalypse that can no longer be stopped. Dow plunging 532 points. S&P plummeting 1.03%. Nasdaq dipping 0.07% after being down big at the opening. Meanwhile, others welcome the possibility of an Omicron blow-off that infects everybody, doesn't crush the vaccinated, although we know that's not true for those who lack vaccination. They still get very sick. And because it infects so many, it finally marks the end of the pandemic because there's no one else to get it. All right, the two groups seesawed back and forth all day. But ultimately, the bearish COVID narrative prevailed, and the market went up pretty bad. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if this new COVID variant becomes a lot like the measles. Yeah, where everyone gets it, and we move on. There was one kid in your class had it. Everybody had the measles by the end of the day. Those of us old enough to remember the measles before the vaccine know that it was unstoppable. But then it was over and done with. You couldn't get the measles twice. I think that's why the cruise stocks held up well on a hideous day for the averages. Because, you know, that's a bet that you book them out a year, that the pandemic will have at last run its course. Now, before we get to next week's game plan, we need to talk about something very important. Last week at our CMEC Investment Club, the meeting, you know, that we had, well, I've got to tell you, I have spent so much time thinking about how exciting that was. I do want you to join the club. It's really very, very cool. But I made the point in our club, uh, it was our first conference, I made the point that it will get harder to pick stocks now that the Fed is tightening. I put that out there. See, in the words of the late, great Marty Zweig, a fabulous technician whom I miss very much, you don't fight the Fed. But you know what Marty didn't say, but a lot of people seem to interpret what I said as? He didn't say you need to sell everything when the Fed starts tightening. He told you to raise some cash. 
There'll be some pullbacks, and you need to be ready to buy your favorites into the weakness. He also didn't say how long a tightening cycle would last, because it always varies. Go back to 2018, when J. Pal Carpet bombed the bulls with his inartful comments about how we needed to overshoot in order to tamp down inflation. Sell, 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 sell. So he was going to hit us with a series of lockstep rate hikes. Back then, Pal made you feel like we had one of those old-time Fed chiefs who were eager to burn down the economy in order to save it. The second coming of Paul Volcker, although at that point we actually needed it. Fast forward to this week. And we got a measured Fed chief that truly tried to discourage any kind of taper tantrum when the bonds and stock markets sell off hard after the central bank talks about cutting back its bond purchases. Powell managed to protect the bond market. Stocks, not so much. We've had some horrific selling in pretty much everything NASDAQ related, which is not what's supposed to happen, at least according to the Wall Street uh, playbook. There should be some respite. Let's think of the consequences of the Fed planning Uh, It's rate hikes here. You can have this scenario where Powell turns out not to be a man of his word, where he takes the 2018 approach and napalms the whole economy, at which point you've got got to go to 100% cash in your discretionary accounts and even sell down your retirement accounts if you're older. That's drastic. It would certainly not be my choice. But if you're terrified of the Fed, I say raise some cash and get ready to buy lower. Don't walk away. However, I think that scenario is incredibly unlikely. Powell learned his lesson from 2018, where he had to immediately change course because the damage was so severe. More likely, we're going to get the second scenario, where he slows the economy to the point where the industrials and the retailers start missing the earnings estimates. So what do you do? Do you just leave the table? Just say, listen, I can't take anymore. Everything's going down. No! In that environment, you buy the safety stocks. Eli Lilly. Hey, how about PepsiCo? Coca-Cola. McDonald's. You want, I'm also thinking, by the way, that you can buy Costco on any hit. Costco, because Costco does so well in this environment. Walmart, if it goes lower, that's a tougher one. I'll talk about that later in the show. Now, you can also pick up some United Health Group, which rarely comes in. Or you can decide that the Johnson Johnson breakup is better than Wall Street seems to believe. Or, that, by the way, was ridiculous. The rotation took it to 170, but when they actually announced the story, it went down. It's worth a lot. Or if you want dividend protection, and I don't blame you, and this stock was down today, how about on Monday buying some Murmurican Electric Power? Or how about going back to Enbridge when we spoke to Al Monaco earlier in the week? Pipeline plays, 7% yield, growing yield. That one's good. Finally, you can do something really aggressive and begin to plan for the end of COVID as we know it. And that's, I know that seems like it's almost impossible on the verge of what's going to be a miserable weekend. A winning weekend for COVID, not the uh, human race. Well, you might want to bet that the tightening cycle won't last as long and will not be as hazardous as we think because people will go back to work. An extra soft landing. In this rosy scenario, you can buy our favorite tech stocks. Well, I'm going to throw a couple of matches. I'll say Amazon because we know that that's doing well because of Omicron. Marvell, they just reported. AMD, that Xilinx deal is going to close. You know what? I like the autos here, too here. Uh, although I wish that Ford had been able to dump its stake in Rivian at a higher price. Now, all of these charitable trusts, these are charitable trust names. And if you want to learn more about them, then you should join the investing club. We have so much that, you know, there's the sell side, there's the buy side, and then that's your side. And that's what we're doing with the investing club. Next week is a holiday week, and we have to be ready for, I don't know, uh, let's say what I hope is the 
really bullish part of the Santa Claus rally. The one that Larry Williams, one of the best market historians ever, has nailed again and again. If you believe Williams, you'd have to buy the market, or more specifically, one of the three camps I just mentioned, on Tuesday. That would be your pull-the-trigger day. I think it's worth making that bet because the Santa Claus rally has happened virtually every year for over two decades, including much tougher times like December of 2008. Remember, that was when you had actual systemic risk. We do not have that. We've got sickness, definitely, but not systemic risk. I can't believe how big Monday is because we have not one but two stocks that are tremendous tells for the global economy. Not unlike Federal Express last night or Darden today. By the way, the um, Darden was... it got hit because of a management change. A FedEx was actually a relief rally. A lot of people felt that FedEx was going to blow it. By the way, uh, I would do want to salute the amazing Gene Lee, who turned Darden around. He will be retiring, and that, more important than the, Om- the Omicron strain, knocked down Darden. So what are these two tells? Well, let's see. After the close, we hear from Micron. The commodity semiconductor company, I think it's still by because the secular demand for its chips remains undiminished, even though people think it's cyclical. It's not secular. Then there's Nike, which is incredibly hard. Too hard for me. My gut says the China business will be good, and Nike pulls it off again. I actually like the American companies with big Chinese exposure because they're coming down a lot. Although there's been some real negative publicity for the Starbucks and the People's Republic of late, Starbucks is very intriguing, and I'm not as concerned about the labor issues as many others. So it wouldn't shock me if Micron or Nike or both, both came in better than expected. I wish I could be more specific, but they come down, and they are excellent bounce candidates. Tuesday, General Mills reports, and the street has decided that Mills, as it is called, is the right kind of stock to own here. Yes, it is the star of the Wall Street fashion show. It's got great franchises, including terrific stay-at-home cereals that you can eat all day, thanks to COVID. If you believe Jay Powell will destroy the economy in order to save it, and I don't, General Mills is your stock. At the close, we hear from Blackbird. Now, this is a meme stock, and the meme stock guys are always trying to get this one roaring when it reports. They just go to town and saying it's great and has all this intellectual property. So who the heck is Jim Cramer to disparage it? Well, you know who he is? I'm a guy who doesn't want to touch Blackburn. That's who. Why? Because it continually disappoints. Finally, Wednesday is chock full of quality stocks. I like a couple of them here. CarMax because of the used car shortage. Cintas because it rents out uniforms for small, medium-sized businesses, as well as some larger ones. Paychex, which always reports a solid quarter and then sees the stock getting obliterated, giving you an amazing chance to buy it once again. It just doesn't stop. It's that's the way. And if you look at Paychex, we've been behind it, by the way, since 35. It's at 125 every single time we've told you to buy, buy, buy because we like Paychex. Okay, here's the bottom line. You need to recognize the rockiness of the moment. You need, well, let's say, um, you don't want to be heroic here. You've probably raised some cash already if you've been watching the show or if you're a member of the investing club and you've been listening to me at the club level. So it's time to put a small amount into action on the way down when everyone freaks out about Omicron when we come in on Monday morning. Zachary in New York. Zachary. Hi, Jim. Uh, thank you for all that you do. My question is regarding Block. Thank you. Uh, formerly Square, and your stance on it is a long-term financial technology play. Uh, I've noticed that the share price is down roughly 25% year-to-date and about 30% in the last six months. Um, Revenue growth appears steady year-over-year, nearly doubling the past few years. Uh, I've been buying uh, some shares in the 160s recently, and I wondered if you thought that this uh, current price is a good entry point and the stock's bottomed out, or if I should remain patient and you think it has further to fall. Thanks a lot. 
Okay, here's what, let me give you what's really happening. Afterpay, okay, is a buy now, pay later company that they paid uh, $29 billion. It's an Australian company. I think it's worth a fraction of that. I mean, literally, much. I'm, I'm talking about maybe $3 billion. Buy now, pay later is now starting to be talked about as being buy now, never pay. Thank you, Matt Horwin, for giving me that one. And that's what's destroyed the stock, is they paid way too much. And I don't know how to get out of the fact that deal's done. So right now, I'm a little on the sidelines here because they paid too much for an asset that's worth a fraction of what they should have paid. And that is really too bad. So I can't recommend it. Now I want to go to Jason in Florida. Jason. Booyah, Jim. This is Jason and Max in Miami. Thanks for taking our call. Uh, we man, wanted to, I'm thrilled we, that you called. Thank you. We, we, we want to talk about NCLH today, okay? So we loved it in single digit. We like it in the early teens. And now just curious what you think with the latest variants. Listen, I think that Norwegian, we're going to hear from Carnival next week. I think Norwegian is going to say, you know what? The order book is terrific. Yes, there's COVID, but there's COVID everywhere. You can cruise. I think Frank Del Rio is terrific. And I am announcing once again, I intend to cruise in 2022. All right, guys, don't be a hero. Things are very hard, but it's because of a public health issue, not because of earnings. Opportunities there. Oh, man, tonight in this rough sea of red, I'm talking to the CEO of a company that closed in the green. Don't miss my exclusive with STEM. Then, you stumped me, Great America. It made me sad, but I'm catching up on some homework. And I always tell you not to keep all of your eggs in one basket. And in this market, that's more important than ever. Thank you, Omicron. That's why we're playing MI Diversifying. So stick with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching 
ranking engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This has been a rough year for entities that came public by merging with special purpose acquisition companies, or SPACs, and you know, we don't care for them. But some of them held up a heck of a lot better than others. Take STEM. That's a maker of smart battery storage solutions, including their own software as a service that tells you when you switch from on-site power generation to the grid to your batteries. Of the hundreds of post-backed plays that we've seen this year, STEM is among the 15 top performers, even as the stock still down substantially from its highs. We know their business is on fire. They had 300% plus revenue growth in the latest quarter alone, along with very bullish commentary about their, pe- their backlog and their pipeline. Plus, yesterday we learned that STEM's acquiring a solar asset management software play called Also Energy for $695 million in cash and stock. If there's one problem here, it's a STEM's kind of an early stage growth stock. And we know that those are totally out of step with what's working now because the Fed's gotten more aggressive about tamping down inflation and these stocks typically underperform. Still, at some point, I think this one's got to be a buy here. Don't take it from me. Let's check in with John Carrington, the CEO of STEM, to learn more about the also energy deal and what it means for his business. Mr. Carrington, welcome back to Man Money. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here again. Good to see you. Well, John, it's been a little while. And you've done some amazing things, not necessarily reflected in the stock because the market's turned harsh towards stocks like yours. But maybe you can just fill us in about an update on the core business before we get to the acquisition. Sure. I mean, look, you know, as we reported in the third quarter and you alluded to it on the, uh, in the introduction, we have really hit record levels across the board, whether it was revenues, pipeline, contracted backlog or assets under management. And this deal with also energy that reported yesterday only accelerates that uh, that traction. So, yeah, things things were very things were going very well in the third quarter. We expect more of the same throughout 2022 and beyond. All right. So, John, a lot of people told me initially too much hardware, not enough software. Software having higher gross margins, software being more attractive to Wall Street. This acquisition to me gives Wall Street what it wants, but also it's just terrific for all the whole sorts of new markets for you guys. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, we were pretty clear with Wall Street about our objectives. And when we thought about an acquisition, it was going to be software. It needed to have strong recurring revenues. We wanted to see a strong gross margin, accretive to our gross margin. And if we could accelerate our software roadmap, Jim, or expand our global scope, then those were the four criteria that we thought would be a great fit. And ironically, and really a terrific outcome with also energy because they hit all four of those attributes and we couldn't be happier bob schaefer and holden kane have built an incredible company incredible management team and we're excited to partner with them and what we can do collectively together we think is exceptional and uh, we feel very fortunate to have uh, have earned the the the, the opportunity to win this uh, incredible asset well, I think it's a great merger. And I'll tell you another thing I really like about it. There are probably people out there saying, holy cow, how can they afford this? They're, they, they're, they're not making any money. I mean, it's just like this is too big. 
Why don't you tell us about the green bond opportunity and how amazing the amazingly low interest rates you got to be able to make this terrific acquisition? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. I'll tell you, we uh, we we contemplated a lot whether we would do something like the green bond after we found an interesting asset. And we decided to move forward with that. And I think if we had to do that today, we got 50 basis points on $460 million. I think it would be triple that if we could get it done. So we're very excited about the timing on that. It absolutely enabled this deal. It's a 75, 25, 75 uh, percent cash, 25 percent equity. And even when this is uh, completed, Jim, we'll still have over 450 million of cash on the balance sheet. Well, that's sensational. I know you're going to need it because you have such you have a list of clients that I know are going to demand your work. I think maybe uh, Amazon as a customer might be a good example for our, our viewers out there is saying, well, who does STEM work with? Yeah, you know, our, what's interesting about this this deal as well with Also Energy is there are only 30% of our customers that overlap. So also it's going to do $57 million in revenue. What we really like about this company is it's $23 million of recurring software revenue, a big focus for us. So companies like Amazon will benefit from the combined software solution. Ironically enough, we had a lot of developers that we worked with that said, hey, can you either build this out or could you think about some sort of a asset monitoring and management system? Because we view this company a lot like Salesforce for solar. It's a single platform that gives visibility across the entire solar plant. And it's important because it actually provides reports to lenders, asset owners, investors. And then if you're operating that system, you want to know if anything's down, whether it's an inverter or solar module, and you can get on that with also's monitoring very quickly. That ensures more financial return for those asset owners and that plant operator. So it's a it's a really compelling combination and customers are already calling us with ideas. And I'll tell you one other thing about it. It's 32 gigawatts of assets under management. Now, what's remarkable about this, Jim, is if we took 10% of that and converted it to STEM's Athena software and our hardware system, that would represent a five to 12 times our current um, current contracted assets under management. So it's a remarkably accretive opportunity across the board, whether it's gross margin, recurring revenue, or as I said, that global footprint, because they're operating in over 50 countries today. And so we, uh, we really have an amazing opportunity collectively. Well, look, I want to thank you, John, for coming on and keeping us up. It's one of the few that we still think can make it in this world of uh, so many companies that came public, not enough Good ones. John Carrington is the CEO of STEM. We stand behind this one. Great to see you, John. Thank you. Good to see you, Jim. Have a great holiday. Thank you. You too. You too. Man Money's back after the break. Coming up, Kramer's done his homework to give you a leg up on the stocks you ought to know. And the assignment is due next. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. 
you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Every time, every time I get a question about a stock that I'm not familiar with, I like to do some research, then circle back to do it at a later date, because it's my job to answer your questions. You know, I used to say we do this because Mad Money is the most interactive show on television, but TV has changed a lot in the last 15 years. By the standards of 2005, though, we're still as good as it gets, gold standard. Now, as we get closer to the end of the year, I got to clear up the backlog of homework before we break for the holidays and move into a new semester, especially since I've been, well, I've been stuck at home all day. Feels kind of nostalgic, frankly. The two homework games we're covering tonight are both exciting. And, of course, they've been annihilated of late because they, uh, they each belong to groups that are very much out of favor right now. One is a post-merger SPAC name, and the other is an IPO from the class of 2021, of which I'm quite enamored of. But it's precisely because they've come down so much that I think that both could be worthy of consideration. I want to get started with, with uh, Sean. Sean, on November 1st, in Wisconsin, he asked about Origin Materials, O-R-G-N which is a heritage SPAC company that came public this year via merger with Ardius Acquisition. The deal was completed in June. When the deal was announced back in February, this stock jumped to 14 bucks, but now it's just under six and change. And that's after rebounding today, like so many of the beaten down NASDAQ names did, although a lot of them gave up the uh, gain at the end sell, of the day. Sell, sell, sell. So what exactly does Origin Materials do? This one's actually got a pretty interesting story behind it. Origin's a chemical company. They make materials that are used in all sorts of end markets, from textiles and fabrics to packaging and coatings to agriculture and solid fuels. I know, boring, but bear with me. Because what makes this company stand out is that they're a sustainable chemical outfit. And most of that stuff doesn't sound very sustainable, but these guys do it. Most of the chemical industry uses petroleum-based feedstocks. These guys are some of the biggest fossil fuel hogs on Earth. Origin Materials, on the other hand, uses various types of natural biofeedstocks like wood chips, pulp waste, cardboard. In other words, they can make plastic out of wood chips rather than petroleum. Not only is this stuff cheaper than using oil or natural gas, it's also much, much better for the environment, which is why Oregon, Origin can brand itself as the world's leading carbon-negative materials company. Now, this is an early-stage story. Origin's first large-scale plant is still under construction in Ontario, Canada. Yeah, still under construction. Eh, not great. But listen to me. It's not from, from Detroit, by the way. And they don't expect to finish until next, let's say near the end of next year. Their second, much larger plant. Really exciting. But it won't come online until 2025. In other words, whoa, this is the kind of conceptual stock that hasn't been getting much love lately because the market prefers more concrete businesses with actual earnings. That said, you know what? I studied this company before. I looked at it a couple of months ago, and I said, I was going to actually talk about it on the show, and then we got this, this questioner. Origins concept is fantastic. If they can really put it, uh, pull it all off, the value of this business could be enormous. Of course, we don't know if they can pull it off, though. However, Origin now has a bunch of blue-chip customers and a rapidly growing order book. When we first learned about the SPAC merger in February, we were told that Origin had $1 billion in capacity reservations, including orders from Pepsi, Nestle, and Danone all of which are also investors in the company. All, of them, all those companies are trying to use less waste. Since then, we've learned about a bunch of new customers, 
Palantir Technologies, Ford Motor, Mitsubishi Gas and Chemical, and many, many more. And these companies, by the way, let me think, be gentlemanly and diplomatic. They're not idiots. Fast forward to last month when Origin reported its most recent quarter, they told us that they now have $4.2 billion in off-take agreements and capacity reservations, more than quadruple from just February. More importantly, Origin Materials has the endorsement of Fermium's Frank Mitch, the best chemicals analyst on Wall Street by far, although he's a Jets fan. He got a buy, he put a buy one, a buy rating on this stock at a $20 price target. That's what I heard about, by the way. He said, listen, you, you got to do some work on Origin. And uh, I thought it was too dicey for you guys. But you know what? At six bucks, not so dicey, my view. I think Origin's got a great long-term story, even in the, if the short term might be difficult, because this is the kind of stock that's currently being shunned by Wall Street. Still, at six bucks per share, I think you take a flyer on Origin. That's half the cost of a good deli sandwich in New York. Apropos of nothing. Just remember that I'm only blessing this one for pure speculation. Meaning, don't even think of buying it with money that you can't afford to lose. I, lunch money, I mean anything. Movie money even. AMC, you see that thing? Next up also on November 1st, Gale in Illinois, no doubt near Chicago, called about Portillo's. That's P-T-L-O. Now, some of you probably thought it was Portillo's. You don't know anything. P-T-L-O, Portillo's, is a restaurant chain that came public in late October. And I said I'd get back to her. Portillo's is a fast, casual chain that serves what, the, what they describe as Chicago street food. Think hot dogs, sausages, Italian beef sandwiches, and other dietary ideas. This is another story that's practically in its infancy. Portillo's currently has 69 locations across nine states, but it's beloved by its customer base. Plus, they've built out a terrific digital and drive through oriented business that's made it easy for them to adapt to uh, COVID. Hey, speaking of the pandemic, these guys didn't lay off or furlough their employees last year when so many other industries were panicking. Instead, they compensated them better. So the company isn't having much trouble with the labor shortage. Now, I just love that. I mean, sometimes you hear these companies and they do the right thing and you want to just say, or if you're uh, less, uh, more, uh, you're more ecumenical. Maybe I'm just hungry, and I am. An Italian beef sandwich sounds pretty good right now. But when I look at the, fun- the financials, the numbers make me salivate, too. As it turns out, Portillo's has best-in-class average unit volumes and restaurant-level margins. Those are the two uh, metrics that we use for restaurants. Their drive throughs on average, have double or triple the throughputs of the typical McDonald's. So far this year, each of the restaurants is doing more delivery volume than the average Domino's. I mean, come on. These are amazing, amazing allergies. And, analogies, and they're all going in Portillo's direction. When Portillo's reported its first quarter out of the gate in November, they delivered 15% revenue growth, nearly 7% same-store sales growth. More importantly, unlike many other small restaurant chains that have come public lately, Portillo's is actually, are you ready, Ski Daddy? Profitable! Although those profits declined slightly in the last quarter because the company's investing in its growth. Long-term, management believes that they can grow from 69 locations to roughly 600 nationwide, which gives them a very long runway. But they're not expanding too rapidly. This is more like a slow motion regional to national growth story rather than a fast motion train wreck. Like so many that we've seen. Remember Boston Chicken? Of course, there are some negatives here. Portillo's has a private equity sponsor, Berkshire Partners, that still owns more than 60% of the company, even after the IPO. The, the overhang, when they could finally ring the register, could do a lot of damage. Plus, again, this stock is very out of step with the current moment. 
That's why even though Portillo's initially surged from $20 when it came public to $54 in mid-November, the stock's now sunk to $31 and change. This is a little bit like the Dutch Bros, guys. Remember? Glenn went up, then up and up, and it's come back down, although the Dutch Bros is doing better than Portillo's uh, in terms of stock price. In the end, as much as I like the fundamentals here, this one all comes down to price. Unfortunately, even after this decline, Portillo's is still pretty darn expensive on an earnings basis, selling for 55 times the 2023 earnings estimates. At least it's earnings, though, not sales. Although if you judge it using the enterprise multiples, that's the enterprise value to EBITDA ratio, then it's only slightly more expensive than Chipotle or Shake Shack and cheaper than Dutch Bros or Wingstop. Interesting, huh? Those are all faves of ours. My view, again, Portillo's is totally wrong for this moment. But I very much like the long-term story. So you've got my blessing to put on a small position here if you'll send me one of the sausages this weekend. If the stock keeps getting hit, here's what you do. You buy some, and you gradually buy more into weakness, because I think it could be a great long-term restaurant story. I want to go to Ben in Georgia. Ben! Hey, Jim. just want to start off by saying thanks for all the help every single week. As a fairly new investor, it helps out a lot. My question is Thank about you. A stock Thank you, my pretty, friend. Yeah, yeah, uh, no problem. My question is about a stock that you've been pretty bullish on for a while now, even saying it might hit 2K by a year's end, when it, and it actually got pretty right. close to that in late September. I'm talking about Chipotle. How do you feel about it going into 2022 with Omicron messing everything up, and do you see it being a part of the infamous Santa Claus rally? Um, <laughs> well put on every single count. Yes, I did think we'd get to 2000. We did have a, I didn't count on Delta. Uh, I didn't count on Omicron. I don't have to start counting on something like theta, beta, whatever. But here's the, here's my issue. Uh, I think these guys are absolutely terrific. Um, at the same time, what you said about the next two weeks and Omicron, I think it's going to bring their numbers down. And that, that, that is we want to buy. And I remain bullish on Chipotle. For as long as that management team is in charge, they are fantastic. I always say that I got the smartest audience in the country. I would have said the world, but I think I'm not in some places. So thanks for stumping me, Kramerica. After doing my homework, I think both Portillo's and Origin have great long-term stories. You've got my blessing for speculation on Origin and Portillo's. You can put some on and then buy it over time. Mad Money tonight, we're threading a fine needle here, which is why we're playing MI Reverse Fight. Call me. Then sellers dumped the stock a new core last week. Was that the wrong move? I'll give you my take. And all your calls rapid fire tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stick with Kramer. Look, I, I told you at the top of the show. I mean, it's frustrating, but threading the needle right now, it's as tough as I have ever seen in my career. Even though it's time to get ready for the bullish part of the Santa Claus rally, and we went over that, and it's supposed to happen, you got to tread carefully. There are too many factors at play. So what do you do when you know that there's all sorts of things that can go wrong, but you don't want to leave the market because the market's the greatest wealth creator of all time? Well, you can raise cash, and you can be diversified. And that is why we play Am I Diversified? This is where you call me. You tell me your top five holdings. I tell you if your portfolio is diversified enough, maybe you need to mix it up a little. Why don't we start to with Brian in my old home state of Pennsylvania. Brian, what do you got for me? Hi, Jim. I'm Brian, and I'm coming to you from the beautiful Pocono Mountains. And I'd like to know if I'm diversified. 
My top five holdings are Apple, PSENG, Tesla, Amazon, and Walmart. Okay. I love this. I absolutely love this portfolio. I'll tell you why. See the PSENG? That gets you, that utility, that allows you to have more growth like a Tesla. I almost feel like they offset each other in perfect barbell differentiation. Uh, Amazon is an absolute favorite of my charitable trust, and you can follow along. I'm going to give you tons of information if you belong to our club, which you should by now. Uh, Apple, you know, I always say is own it, don't trade it, which leads me with Walmart. I want to be very clear. Walmart, we've been a seller of for my charitable trust. And last week, we sold some. Why? We sold it because it does not have the kind of earnings momentum we like. Should we have sold it all? That's for second guessers. But other than Walmart, of which I would leave, I would take Walmart out and I'd put in a healthcare stock. I want you in Eli Lilly. Why Eli Lilly? Because it, they had a great analyst meeting and they didn't even talk about the two catalysts that I believe in. Uh, one is for Alzheimer's and one's for diabetes. So that's a terrific place to be. And you have got a good portfolio. Let's go to Quentin in Georgia. Quentin. Hey, Jim. This is Quentin from Georgia. Um, I wanted to see if I was diversified. My top holdings uh, include Amazon, Visa, AMD, AbbVie, and Uber. Happy holidays to you and your family and uh, all of your staff. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And same to you, by the way. All right. Now, this is a really important situation because Jeff Marks and I have been going over it. Remember, Jeff's senior portfolio with me uh, for uh, the investing club, AbbVie. OK, we said that AbbVie was the most one of the most undervalued stocks. And when we did that, conf- when we did remember, we did our call. Well, that was a club meeting we convened. AbbVie has now gone up 15 straight points. So I can't like Abby as much as I did, but I'm not suggesting sell it. I think it's a perfect healthcare stock for you. Visa, uh, we happen to like MasterCard more, but they're both payment plays. They're down on their luck right now. They will come back. It's, but you know what? We're going to be very, we have to monitor that group very carefully. There's a lot of companies coming into that area. Once again, Amazon. And do you think that Omicron is in a spur? Someone the other, way, the other last week said that, uh, that Amazon's having a bad month. Well, uh, Guess what? No one wants to go out. They're having a good month. And AMD is Lisa Sue, and she's amazing. So you got payments processing. You have an all-around technology retailer. And then I got to hit Uber. And then I'm going to save that for last. Abby drug company. I don't want you in Uber. I don't want you in Uber. Uh, if I'm going to be in that business, actually, I'd like to be in DoorDash. But I want you in Ford Motor. I think Ford's going to start coming down again. It had a very big run. Bill Ford, yes, the... Uh, you know, the, the iconic family bought $8 million worth of stock. They're doing so much. They can sell that Rivian stock. You need to be in Ford Motor. Let's take another. Let's go to Gary in Utah. Gary. Kramer, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Just wanted to say thank you for everything that you do. Am I diversified? Here's my top five holdings. I got own it, don't trade it. Apple, Tesla, JP Morgan, Costco, Visa. Kramer, I want to know. Am I diversified? All right. Listen and listen good. This is, I don't, I, I usually am reluctant to say this, but 
There's absolutely nothing that needs to be done in this portfolio. You have Apple, own it, don't trade, as you said yourself. You got the best retailer in the world. Uh, these are two positions for my, uh, for my travel trust. I think they're great. Tesla, I'm not fighting the program. I think Tesla is overvalued, but it doesn't matter because people love the stock, and that's enough in this environment. JP Morgan, finest bank. And then Visa, we did it before payment process. We got a bank, got a payment processor. We got a great technology company in Apple, best retailer, and we have the great phenomenon of all time, Tesla. Well played, everyone. Very good growth stocks, but let's not get too cocky. This market's gotten hard since the Fed made its move. And money's back in. Coming up, a storm is coming. So give us a call. Kramer's got the answers to all your burning questions. The lightning round is next. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski? Daddy, it's time for the lightning round. Let's start with Dave. Dave in Illinois. Dave. Dr. Kramer, happy Friday, my good man friend. Oh, good to have you on the show, Dave. It's been a while, way too long. How can I help? I agree. Jim, one of the last times you spoke of this stock, you said... Love the clothes, hate the stock. Anything change? Duluth Holdings. Love the clothes, hate the stock. No, actually, the company's, look, this is a good company, and apparel came back, and Duluth, and I love to use their stuff, but I gotta tell you, Dave, there's so many other stocks in the apparel business, like a Lulu that is very good. Um, I happen to like uh, my favorite, and I'm sure you know, is American Eagle Outfitters, which has acted horribly. It looks like a disaster, and yet I continue to believe that it's the right stock good. And I miss you, and I'm glad you came on the show. Let's go to Tim in Arizona. Tim! My main man, Jim. How you doing? I am doing well. Never felt better. How about you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Before I give you my stock, I just want to give a quick shout-out to a good friend of mine and a bull himself, Willie P. And the stock I have for you is Medtronic. All right. Now, I've been really stuck. I think Medtronic has been executing poorly. Uh, And we had EW EW on this week. We had Edwards Life Science last week. I think it even here, you got to sell Medtronic and buy EW, which is what I'm going to be talking about with the club. Because both Jeff Marks and I think that EW is a fabulous story. And I, Willie P., there's a shout-out from me, too. All right, let's go to Kimball in Texas. Kimball. Jim, it's quite an honor to talk to you. May I wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year from the great state of Texas. My uh, stock of interest is Calumet, symbol KLMT. Niche, niche, uh, recycling, you know, niche company that, that processes crude. I actually like it. I think it does a good job. I think you can buy it. I need to go to Chris in Illinois. Chris. Hey, how are you, Jim? What's up? All right, Jim. Man, how much have you? For you? All right. I got a question for you. I've been taking a shellacking, and then I bought some more and more shellacking. Pay safe. T-S-F-E. What do you think? Keep old by It's like turpin. It's like drinking turpentine. That one. Um, look, I pay safe at three bucks. Look, stock stop at zero. What can I say? Let's go to Jim in New York, Jim. 
Hi, Jim. How are you? Big booyah from Very good. How are you? Really booyah. good, thank booyah you. Booyah back. I've been, I've been following a stock that's down about 70%. What's your long-term view on Peloton Interactive? Look, Peloton at $13 billion is still too high. I think it's probably like an eight, you know I think it's probably an eight nine billion dollar company max. But John Foley, you know you're always welcome to come on the show and give me the other side of the trade. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the lightning round. The lightning round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, if at first you don't succeed, quit. That's no way to live. So why take that message to heart with your investments? Kramer explains next. Kramer, you are super. You are awesome. I'm a first-time investor. Thank you for inspiring me to get in the game. Your show is the best. I am so glad you're on TV. I want you to know that you have transformed me. Thank you, Kramer. If at first you don't succeed, don't even bother. I'm thinking about how pet people just kept selling and sell, selling sell, sell, and sell, selling sell, sell. the stock of Nucor earlier this week. America's number one steelmaker. It's just hammering the stock, knocking it back 15 points at one point on Wednesday. Yet now it's erased that entire decline, even though the market was horrendous. Nucor is a core name for my travel trust. We play with an open hand, at least for members of the CMC Investing Club. Every quarter, Nucor does this mid-quarter update. And this is a conservative company that always mentions the bad with the good. They're not promotional. This time, they talked about some margin pressure, and that freaked out everyone. We came in when it was down 14 bucks and said, enough already. It's time to buy. Now the stock's back to where it was before management gave you that supposedly disappointing update. And that includes a terrific 3.6% gain today, even as the average world falls, one of the biggest gainers in the S&P. Why am I bothering to point this out? Because people get way too negative too quickly around here, yet it does take them a little <laughs> much longer to get positive. If you look at Nucor long term, you'll see a growth stock with an okay dividend yield. While it's a cyclical, it's not as boom and bust as many others. This is a company that's been investing in every major market over the last few years, truly taking advantage of the protective tariffs that have been placed on steel from countries um, that, that like to dump their own steel at artificially depressed prices. We've kept other people's countries steel, other, other countries steel out, and that's made Nucor blossom. More important, Nucor is the kind of stock that works during the early stages of rate hike cycle. Think about it. First, we know the government has made infrastructure a priority. They actually passed the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Nucor makes a steel choice for that stuff. Second, autos are in short supply, and they will stay that way in the first year of a tightening. Nucor makes that kind of steel, too. Third, while the major oil products uh, have been, major companies, they haven't been drilling much outside of the Permian, the smaller operators have gotten a lot more aggressive, and they also need steel. And believe me, I think that will be pipelines built, too. Nucor is the kind of core position that you can ride through the early stages of the Fed-mandated slowdown. You don't have to boot it. It's one of the few cyclicals that's levered to many different industries. It's incredibly well run. It knows what to do in a slowdown. Take share and build. Is Nucor a reopening stock? 
Is it a COVID stock? No. It's a growth cyclical, and that's a rare breed. Only has about 20 members. And that's what this market really craves right now. Cyclicals that won't be defeated or crushed by the Fed, especially one that trades at low price earnings multiple. That's Nucor. Now, I know, I'm sure to some of you, I kind of sound like, what, a fanboy for Nucor? Well, maybe because I am. I met the late founder, Ken Iverson, when I was at Goldman Sachs in the 1980s. I heard about the company's pioneering work in making steel from scrap, but I couldn't believe there was a steelmaker that somehow managed to thrive, even when Fed Chief Paul Volcker raised interest rates in the mid-teens. It it took him to the mid-teens, and his company did well. Almost everyone else in the industry fell by the wayside. Many of them never recovered from dumping and that that increase in rates. My home state of Pennsylvania was littered with crushed steel companies, just litter with it. Almost all the other steel companies had begun to fall from the wayside. Uh, and I've got to tell you, Nucor, no, the opposite. It flew above all of those. It did great during that horrible period. How could that be? It's simple. Iverson was a genius. He built a franchise that was based on performance, not on some sink or swim game plan that was totally hostage to the business cycle. You had to buy, not sell this one, into all the Fed-mandated madness that we've had in the last 30 years. Iverson built an ingenious business model. It's based on scrap steel, not pig iron. Cheaper, better, save the company. And Nucor's never looked back. Never. It's the one to buy, and that's why it recovered so quickly, even as most did. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. I'm going to see you Monday, and the news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.